This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 4, Episode 28. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 28 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funihetten and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funihetten. Good afternoon, Randy. Hello, Lynn. So really excited. We have had um, the opportunity to speak with Jenny Finn and Ezekiel Fugit of Springhouse School on our other podcast, Shift Your Paradigm, and we talked with them in Season 1 episodes 23 and 26. And when we interviewed Jenny and Ezekiel, we learned that they are critical friends who collaborate effectively and learn with each other every day. Um, So we invited them to come back and have some conversation with us about that collaborative partnership and how it helps them move their work forward. So just a quick uh, little bit about Ezekiel and Jenny. Ezekiel is the head of school at Springhouse Community School in Virginia, and Jenny is the dean of students. So welcome to the show, Jenny and Ezekiel. Thanks so much. Thank you. So uh, our listeners, if you if you want to listen to uh, the other podcast that we did, you can go to shiftyourparadigm.org and search for Jenny and Ezekiel. And uh, through that conversation there, uh, we've gotten to know them and really admire not only their work, um, at Springhouse Community, but also this idea of uh, a collaborators and critical friends. And so that's really what we want to focus on today. So to start the conversation off, tell us a little bit about how the two of you have cultivated this relationship as critical friends, designing and working in this uh, this arena of Springhouse Community. I think it starts from actually valuing authentic connection. And so to connect authentically from a place that's true is really easy to say and can sound almost fluffy, um, but it's hard. Um, it can be hard to do that because in in having an honest relationship, I first have to start with being honest with myself and my own, you know, celebrate my strengths, but also uh, be honest about my own shortcomings. And that, just that, Again, easy to say, hard to do. Just that, I think, really strengthens a relationship. So I take responsibility for my own strengths and um, shortcomings and see it as my responsibility to navigate that where we live, I think, in a culture, and many of us see this or do this often, blame um, our circumstances or others for how we're feeling or how we're doing. So there's a sense of... uh, personal responsibility. I think that comes 
for me, feels foundational in cultivating a critical, to be critical friends or whatever that, yeah. I think that that feels essential to me having some, in order to have authentic connection, I have to foster a sense of honesty with myself that um, is rigorous. Mm-hmm. So being yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, and honest with myself, which is again, easy to say, but hard to do to really look in the mirror and go, hmm, I can, I can be this, or this is a strategy that I have. And boy, would I like to blame Ezekiel for that. Um, (laughs) But it's it's totally not transformative. It's not going to go anywhere because I've just thrown my responsibility onto him. I had a similar uh, response, I think. Absolutely, the starting place is with oneself. And um, I just had the image pop into my mind of uh, these filters that you can put on your on your photos that you take on Instagram or whatever. I'm not familiar with what happens on Instagram. So I'm going to stumble through this. But uh, I, it's sort of like, you know, if you are taking a selfie and then you're using one of these filters that like makes you look like you have the best makeup on and like a <laughs> toned bod or whatever, you know, it's sort of like if you're seeing yourself in that way, um, not really looking just simply at what's really there, then it's really hard to enter into a relationship um, with that level of honesty and that level of, of vulnerability. And um, I think that, yeah, it's a brutal and can be painful process to actually you know, take ownership and take responsibility in that way and to uh, humble yourself in that way. I think there's a lot of humility involved. Um, And yeah, I think another, another piece of it is really uh, time, you know, actually investing in the time to be together and to be in a relationship and to uh, work through things that that come up in that honesty and in that vulnerability, you know, because it's like if we, okay, we have 30 minutes to be honest and critical with each other and and then 30 minutes is over and it's like, oh, we just opened a lot more up than we can close. Um, that can be damaging, you know, so actually being able to invest the time into the relationship that's needed, that feels really, really important to me. So I'm making the connection to the idea of agency um, and, and owning who we are. And like Jenny said, not, not, you know, putting that on somebody else. It's their, you know, it's because of them kind of thing. And it's knowing and, and owning who you are. And I, I connect that to the idea of, of agency and, you know, certainly something we want to build in our learners too. So as adult role models, you know, uh, modeling that critical friends relationship, uh, models that idea of me owning who I am and, you know, good, bad, and indifferent. So I'm, I'm making the connection to time and realizing that, you know, Randy and I talk about having quality time together and, and you don't typically have that during the workday often. And, um, you know, having to create that time to make sure that you can sort of close the loop on some of those conversations or extend the conversations to learn more and, um, to grow basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, how do, how do you make time? I would say right now um, we don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you like that for a, a an honest answer? <laughs> I think in our first, um, we're in our fourth year, and we spent a ton of time. I would say 
um, we just did it where we uh, were really, uh, really, really connected and really working through stuff right on the spot. I mean, being able to really say, okay, right now you just said that, and this is what I'm feeling. And, um, and, and being able to really do that really vulnerable work right on the spot. And now for reasons that I don't fully understand, I think some are logistical in terms of both of us have families outside of school. Um, and some of that is affecting not having the time, but I think it's, there's more at play that I don't know if, you know, for me, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but the time that we took in the past, we are not taking that time now. And the other big uh, change that happened is Ezekiel and I were co-leaders. Um, our organizational structure was a co-directorship and we shifted that this year into Ezekiel being the head of school. Um, so having a single director and that's been interesting for us to try to find our way within that to move from something that was really co mm -hmm. into something that not, not that it isn't, but it's not mm -hmm. organizationally in, in structure. So yeah, I think there's been for me confusion around that and trying to navigate that along with our relationship and also not investing a ton of time mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. And I, just to add a little to that, I mean, I think <clears throat> as a young school, our structure has, continued to evolve over the years. And um, I think our, just our daily schedule this year is very different than it was four years ago. And so there's um, just literally less time during the day. And I think that there's, you know, I, I think it's interesting to sort of, you know, compare the two ends of the spectrum where it's like, there's no time for connecting in that way to you know, anytime you need to connect in that way, you make time for it to happen and sort of everything in between. And I think we were more towards the connection end of the spectrum initially, and we've sort of swung, um, the pendulum has swung a little bit in the other direction now where, you know, we're trying to, um, yeah, trying to solidify our, our schedule and, you know, make sure that, uh, yeah, we're making efficient, efficient in quotes, use of our time. So it, doesn't, you know, really leave a lot of space for that connection to happen. And part of that is because, you know, as a small school, Ginny and I wear a lot of different hats in addition to, you know, being administrators, we also teach and um, work with our team in different ways. And so, um, yeah, I would, I would agree with Ginny that we haven't done a great job of prioritizing that time and making it happen. And it definitely that not prioritizing for whatever reason um, is not helpful to our relationship. And so I believe it's the foundation that we've created over the past three years that even allows us to be able to right now on this podcast, be honest with you about that. Cause we certainly could fluff it up, right? And be like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And tell a story that looks like a filter on Instagram. But um, I think, it's the honesty that we've cultivated with ourselves and each other that can say, you know what, it's, it's right now, it's not um, where it needs to be to have a sustainable connected relationship and just kind of being with the, for me, being with the confusion of that and wondering what the next step is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think this is interesting because there's definitely some parallels 
between your critical friends relationship and our critical friends relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've been in this office uh, since 2012. So, you know, five, six years doing this. And it's interesting if you look back, I see what Lynn thinks about this, but there's definitely an ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. There have been times mm-hmm. where, you know, there's been a, a lot of synergy and a lot of time to have that synergy. And then there have been times where it's been, you know, kind of barren and mm-hmm. we didn't make that time. And, you know, I mm-hmm. think one of the things that we're thinking thinking now is, you know, for the future, looking more at next school year too. Like how do we, how do we create more opportunities for that time to get, to get that synergy between the critical relationship that we have found, I think really that those are the times when the organization and the work gets propelled forward. And I think when it's been the time of less critical friendship, it's because we're all sort of engrossed, you know, eyes down mm-hmm. to the work and forgetting about the relationship piece too but it does it does go in cycles mm-hmm. yeah it's funny because I was actually as you were talking Jenny thinking ebb and flow too and making the same connection that Randy did and um you know we used to be able to make time with having lunch like having having a half an hour 45 minutes and you know we we aren't finding that time as much anymore um you know, I, I can remember for a period of time, Randy would be coming up every Friday night, like, and we would be working on a Friday night and really thinking about what's next. And um, so I definitely am making some connections to that. The, the challenge of the sort of work-life balance and the challenge of balancing that here, too. Um, yep. So it's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So I think, you know, a takeaway from our listeners is it's going, you're going to have those those that ebb and flow those ups and downs and that's normal i think it's normal it's just being aware of that and going back to what you said earlier owning that uh and addressing it and i think yeah. that's you know probably one of the the best things that you could do is own it and be aware of it mm-hmm. so you can change it mm-hmm. exactly yeah and you probably don't get there until you have a really good relationship like and I'm going back to you saying you couldn't be here and be honest if you didn't already have this strong foundation. Mm-hmm. So people who maybe don't have as strong of a foundation will have trouble and might sort of um, mm-hmm. drift apart and don't come back, so to speak, yeah. Um, yeah. instead of drift apart and, and get closer and drift apart and get closer and sort of have that ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think this is our kind of first foray into the barren land. And so, yeah, it was so alive. And so, you know, um, and again, not only, you know, there were positives and negatives to that connection that really sort of when it wasn't barren. And so I think, yeah, now for me, it's just confusing to, it's helpful to hear you put it in that framework. Um, or that perspective. Yeah, it's because it's easy in barren land to go, well, I don't know where to go. Like, I don't know what to do with this and something's wrong and it needs to be fixed. And um, that doesn't really lead to a lot of uh, creativity for me. It leads to a little bit more fear. And so it's more like, okay, this is in a, this is in a, you know, we're in an ebb and flow with this. And how do I navigate this in a way that is loving and honest? 
Another one of the things that I think interests us is um, the more that we connect, connect with different people from around the country and also in our in our area, um, is we don't see very many of these critical friendships. And we do see people that are sort of thirsting for them. And mm-hmm. um, I think people look at Lynn and me and they're, they're like, wow, I wish, you know, I had somebody that I could, you know, connect with and have rich conversations about the work and, and really develop some synergy and, and move the work forward. Um, and I think a lot of that uh, dynamic for us comes from when we support and challenge each other. We don't always agree on things, and we oftentimes seek each other out for help and support. How, how does this idea of help and support help uh, to feed your critical friendship, and what maybe share an example or two in which you've challenged or supported each other in your work? I think, I mean, Ezekiel and I are co-founders of this school, and so we've created something that is uh, is definitely dynamic, alive, and in some ways, at times, you know, confusing to us where we're like, oh my God, okay, so this is emerging. You know, I'm thinking of our young adult program and we were, you know, having a seventh through 12th grade school and all of a sudden these people in their twenties started moving toward us. And we were like, okay, we, this is interesting. Let's develop something to to hold them in their own personal development process and a way that they can offer their gifts back to the teens. We didn't plan on that. Um, and now it's a program called the well that's still going. And so all of that to say is there's tension in creative process. The way Ezekiel works is very different from the way that I work. We're very, I think aligned in a lot of ways in our values and um, what's important to us, you know, of course, it differs, but, but fundamentally, I think value wise, we're, we're aligned in a lot of ways. Um, but the way that we create is, is very different. And even the way that we are in the world is, is different. And, um, sometimes that difference I think can be if we don't respect it and celebrate it in each other, um, can lead to conflict. And so there's, I'm having images of us countless times being in creative processes. We created this school, everything from, you know, I mean, I'm just seeing like sticky notes all over the wall, (laughs) being, you know, me laying on the floor. And I mean, just, I'm seeing it all. And, um, and it was, there was always a moment during that where there was some kind of heat or conflict where we had to really um, say, wait, okay, wait, slow down and let's, um, you're, you're coming at it this way. I'm coming at it this way. Neither one is right or wrong. Like in, in have trying to find ways that we could come together creatively where we could work through that tension. So I would say just in the very creation of this school, um, we've encountered conflict that, uh, we've had to use skills to, to navigate, like taking responsibility for ourselves. Or for me, it has a lot to do with breathing and, and feeling my feelings before I even speak, you know, things like that. So that's what's coming to me. That's one of the ways we challenge. It's not even like we are trying to challenge each other. It's like we're coming together in the way that we are, and that can be challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> the yeah difference, I think, has been 
sort of the the core of the both the tension in a negative challenging way but also the positive creative tension that has brought forth a lot of life um and i think that you know one of the things that we've experienced in our friendship and our relationship um yeah being friends and working together is that there can be sort of a collapse that can happen where you know, you start to just assume that because you're close to someone and really aligned with someone that they are sort of the same person as you, you know, that they are going to respond the same way to things and that they're going to uh, just go along when you have an idea about something. And when it emerges that that's actually not always the case, it can be pretty jarring and it can um, really quickly lead to a response of, you know, uh, well, you're wrong and I'm right, or you're bad, and I'm good, you know, um, as opposed to being able to really step back and say, this is difference. You know, there's not necessarily a value judgment associated with this. It's simply different. And how do we, uh, in, in a relationship, make space for that level of difference, um, and I think that is a lifelong process. You know, I think um, to be able to even take that first step of noticing when it's going from, you know, being aligned to having difference, uh, to, to recognize that and to not immediately switch into sort of a combative, blaming, uh, sort of polarized uh, adversarial dynamic and to really yeah, take ownership for that and to, you know, be able to explore the ways in which, uh, yeah, both, yeah, things are different and and to look at how things that are different can coexist and co-evolve and um, it's really hard. And, and to improve the work. I mean, I often say um, that our differences are, are strengths and challenges within each other. So, um Randy has strengths and areas in which I don't have. And I, I think that goes vice versa. So those differences, we celebrate those, you know, sometimes we joke that we'll argue behind cl closed doors or we'll come to a third resolution. Most often, you know, most often one of us has an idea, the other one can kind of tailor it in a different way. And then it's very rarely either one of our ideas that is what is sort of what we what we go forward with it's usually a combination or a third a third possibility and without those differences in style and perception and perspective you know we probably wouldn't get to those third alternatives as easily mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that takes time mm -hmm. it does it does and it takes some a lot of self-awareness i think because it's easy to encounter conflict and just want to get rid of it one way or the other by making someone wrong or avoiding it or, you know, it's, it's hard to stand in tension. Many of us haven't learned the skills. And so um, I'm grateful that we've been able to mm -hmm. hang with it. It has not been easy. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm connecting to something we were talking about yesterday and, uh, or a couple days ago, and we didn't necessarily agree, but I didn't feel that strongly about it. And I can remember saying to Randy, 
I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but I don't feel strongly enough to argue about it. So <laughs> fine, you know, like I don't even remember what it was I don't now. I remember either, but I remember the conversation. I don't so, remember the content of it. Though. So I think sometimes, you know, it's just, I think sometimes we let things go and, and that's for the better of, of the mm-hmm. relationship too. Like not everything right. has to become a, um, yes. an issue. Right, right, right. And when you yeah, really I mean, care that you advocate for, to have the conversation. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you ask both challenge and how do we help and support each other? And I think from my perspective, that's an area that um, I can think, of course, of times where we've done that for each other. And I think we could stand to celebrate more of what we've actually created and what we've done together that we're both pretty rigorous, hardworking, focused mm-hmm. people. And we want, I think the best in things that we really are pretty, we share that and that we're really committed and focused and passionate. And um, there's like also this piece of um, just resting, taking a break and, and really celebrating each other. and. Um, sharing what we're grateful for in each other and that sort of thing. I think that we could definitely um, use, I know that I could, and I think our relationship could use more of that um, kind of breath in it of, of gratitude and love and care, because I know that there is a lot of that between us. And sometimes in, in the barren, in the barren lands, it can get hard. I mean, you have to fan that flame a little bit more. Mm-hmm. being more intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So as we wrap up, um, coming to the end of our conversation, perhaps each of us could share a piece of advice that we would want to leave our listeners with regarding critical friends. I can start. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things that, I, that I've thought about throughout this conversation reflected upon is just the real value in having a critical friend and that my experience in working with Lynn is that an idea is always better when you bounce things off of and, and mold and reshape that uh, when you've got that critical friend. So together we do better work than either of us could do uh, alone or individually. So I think that's the thing that keeps me going and keeps me valuing this idea of having a critical friend. Yeah, I've got something that I feel like uh, would benefit anyone listening. And that is uh, when you find yourself having a conversation with someone in your own head that particularly an argument most of the time I find those conversations are argumentative and you know we're in our heads explaining to the person why they're wrong or um, (laughs) that to take that conversation from out of our own head and take it to the person that we're actually talking to in our heads that uh, that can be really transformative and really, really hard to do. Very. Um, I would say to have a critical friendship, one has to be standing on their own solid ground to some degree, or, um, or it's, easy to, and again, it's like we're never fully standing on solid ground because we're always growing and learning, but to have some skills around becoming, you know, intelligent around your emotional inner life, noticing 
where you're reactive, what your strategies are for staying emotionally safe, um, developing some kind of practice to keep yourself connected to your body in your inner life. For me, I, <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to have the re relationship with Ezekiel that I have or my marriage or any of my intimate relationships without having that first start with myself. So that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. And I think I would wrap it up with just the idea that it's worth the time. It's worth the time to invest um, in the relationship, just as, as you invest in your personal relationships at home to invest in those relationships that you have at work um, mm -hmm. and that critical friend. Nice. True. So thank you both to joining us, Jenny and Ezekiel. We enjoyed the conversation and has given us some um, ideas to reflect upon as we continue to do this work together. To learn more about Jenny and Ezekiel, you can check out uh, two Shift Your Paradigm episodes linked in the show notes and also some information about their school, Springhouse Community School. Each episode, we leave you with a question to, or two to think about with the idea of provoking some conversation. And this episode's questions, why is it important for an educational leader to have a critical friend? And how do you create time to connect with your critical friend? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season four, episode 28. That's all for this episode. We'll be back soon with some more conversations featuring some other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Jenny and Ezekiel. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.